The John of All Trades Podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, made Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 183. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And I have got a great episode coming your way. It is a good friend of mine, someone I went through college radio with. And anytime I get to revisit my college radio days and the delightful people who were in my life then, I am thrilled. And my guest is Tucker Gumber. Tucker is better known these days as the festival guy. Over the last seven years, Tucker has been to 137 music festivals. Think about that for a minute. When was the last time you did anything 137 times? So Tucker has become an expert in festivals and has written the Festival Goer's Guide. He's also written the Festival Thrower's Bible. He's developed an app called Festivo. He's done virtually everything you could possibly do under the sun as it pertains to festivals. Now, how did he get here? One doesn't just sort of go after college, I'm going to go to music festivals, unless you're like some trust fund kid, of which Tucker is not. Tucker grew up on the west slope of Colorado, went to CSU, got his degree in, I, I think he it's like resort and uh, event management, something like that. Hotel and resort management, I think it's called. Hospitality, maybe. Whatever it is, during college, he goes, yeah, I'm not going to use this. I don't want to do it. So he moved to L.A., got a corporate gig. I actually ran into him in San Diego, of all places. I hadn't seen him in a few years, but we reconnected there. And my company hired his to do some online meeting. It was like this online press conference. He worked for a company called Mega Meeting, and it worked flawlessly. Tucker was doing great. He owned his own home. He was just crushing it. Started going to music festivals and he goes, okay, I got to pivot my life. This is where the screw turns for me. This is what I'm interested in. This is my passion. This is what I'm going to do. So he quit, threw all his eggs in his basket, basically packed up his car and started going to festivals all across the country. The journey is fascinating. And it's exactly the type of episode I love to do because I myself am not a music festival guy. There's a tweet that I remember from a while ago. It's like, once you get to be about 35, you realize you never have to go to a music festival ever again. That's true of some people, but there is a huge, passionate community out there of festival goers. Tucker recognizes it as a hobby, but there's no etiquette passed down. There's no best practices for gear passed down. So Tucker has become an ambassador for everyone who loves or wants to go to festivals and his enthusiasm is infectious. His work ethic is tireless. And that makes this just a dynamite episode of the show. And I'm thrilled to highlight the work of Tucker. Has he made this business sustainable for himself yet? Not quite. But I have every confidence that he will get there. He is an entrepreneur of the highest order. We talk about his app Festivo and how it didn't exactly go the way he wanted it to. But what's amazing is he sort of spends maybe a minute talking about that, maybe even 30 seconds, but he goes, here's what I'm doing next. Here's my next idea. And I go, wow, dude, way to dust yourself off. That is spectacular in terms of determination and fortitude and stick if we can use that old dusty cliche of a word. Tucker exemplifies it to the highest order. Now, speaking of startups, speaking of entrepreneurs, this week's episode is brought to you by Mile High Hustle. It is a podcast that is going up in advance of Denver Startup Week. And they were good enough to procure this time on my show, and I'm thrilled to bring it to you. It's a podcast that comes once every two weeks in advance of Denver Startup Week where they will have a presence. And you know what? Instead of me telling you about it, how about my good friend Paul Caroli? You know him as the host of Changing Denver. I know him as the other winner of 2017's Best Podcast. And my co-founder at the Denver Podcast Network, here he is to tell you a little bit more about Mile High Hustle. How would you define the Mile High Hustle? Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Please tell me. Denver's changed a great deal over the past 30 years. 10 years. 5 years. Heck, I've noticed some new things pop up since last month. But if you look a little closer... You can see growing businesses, new ideas, and interesting people making these changes happen. 
So here it is, a podcast about the businesses, ideas, and people shaping Denver today. And we're calling it Mile High Hustle. Mile High Hustle. Mile High Hustle. The Mile High Hustle is the grind. Working your ass off and networking like crazy in like the real way. They work like crazy so they can get the weekend off to go skiing. I think it's something different than what's going on in places like Silicon Valley. The brakes are better in Colorado. Every other week in the lead up to Denver Startup Week, the largest free entrepreneurial event of its kind, we're releasing a new episode to help you navigate this dynamic new business landscape. How would you define the Mile High Hustle? You know, when I think the word hustle, I think about how hard it is to work to do anything that you've never done before or that no one's done before. Colorado continues to lead the nation in, in innovation and in, in, in change. Mile High Hustle, the Denver Startup Week podcast is being directed by Denver Startup Week, hosted by myself, Paul Caroli, and produced by House of Pod. Episode one is coming on June 25th. Subscribe now and find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I appreciate you taking the time, Governor. Well, good luck with your hustle. <laughs> okay. Extremely thrilled that Mile High Hustle is the sponsor of episode 183 of the John of All Trades podcast. Be sure to check that out. Download it wherever podcasts are available. Now then, let's get to episode 183. It is with Tucker Gumber, better known as the Festival Guy. He's going to tell you about his life on the road, going to festivals, best practices, so you enjoy the festival that you go to to the utmost, and his episode starts right now. Two thousand six. Okay, so same year I finished up my master's program. So we were at the radio. I yeah. started there in oh one. Yeah, yep. And you were mostly a primetime DJ. Right? No, never, never. I know. I was a. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was. I. You know. I started like the, the, the freshman year. I was the first freshman of the radio show from four to six in the morning. On Tuesdays, uh, and then I'm, mine was Wednesday morning, midnight to two. Oh, that's that's way better than when I started. <laughs> uh, then the next semester I was two to four, and then the next yeah, semester right. I was midnight to two, and then I took over. Was oh, it geez, prom night? Prom night for you? No, I didn't do prom night. Oh, that, that was John Holland. Oh Jesus, duh. Sorry. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah, no I did you, bipolar. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, one of my very favorites of all time. <laughs> you and Casey. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that show was fun, and uh, but college radio to me was amazing, and it's kind of funny because this is Tucker Gumbert, the festival guy, founder mm-hmm. of Festivo, uh, founder of a lot of things. Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah. That sort of anytime you can work at college radio, it will kick off this love affair of music. Because not only do you have access to all the music that gets sent, and it's like, just don't steal them. Just burn the CDs, right? Sure. And so I burned, I would sit in there between classes and just burn disc after disc after disc. And then you get free concert tickets too. Well, that's exactly it. And for for me, you know, I grew up a very, very passionate and uh, hobbyist. Mm -hmm. You know, my my grandpa was a a very passionate and like accomplished golfer. So okay. very young, I was learning how to be a golfer, and then do you still play? Do you get yeah. to? Get uh, out at I all? mean, not not that much. I, I I can still pick up a club, and you know, and uh, I can I can I can golf way better than I should be able to. Right, considering sure. I don't do it very often. Uh, I but did th- same deal for me. Right, but then you know, my dad was a division wildlife officer, so it wasn't just like you know, being an outdoorsman wasn't wasn't just like something we, we did. It was like, we were very passionate about this. It was like a lifestyle. Yeah. And then when I turned 16, I got my driver's license and, you know, Grand Junction, Colorado and, mm-hmm. uh, grabbed my friends and drove across the mountains to the Ogden to see Weezer play on my 16th birthday. Nice. And this was, you know, before even the green album came out. So this was like wow. the, the, this the, was like Buddy Holly and, uh, uh, well, and Pinkerton. Oh, Pinkerton. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, okay. I know. Like this was like, and, and, and the gamut's open for him. Nice. And yeah, and it was like literally the best. And, and that's when I found my, my true passion in the world, which is packing my car with all of my favorite people and going to see live music. Yeah. I, you know, I absolutely love that. And then in college, I got lost my first week of cl- class, like literally lost in the student center. Like I couldn't, I didn't know how to get out. And uh, I went in the student radio cause it's down in the basement. You know, I, right. I went in there and I was like, Hey, like, how do I get out of here? And, uh, I learned about KCSU. They're like, Oh and, wait. Yeah. And, and then I was the, you fir- don't want to get out. I was the first freshman <laughs> trained. So, uh, I, I, you know, Hold got, that's hilarious. I'm debating about whether or not to keep this. Oh, we have to keep that. That that is the sound of a cat puking in the background. 
There it is. That's mostly just stomach acid. Sure. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> this bathroom break brought to you by by the Festival Goer's Guide, the book that will teach you everything you need to know to handle anything a festival will throw at you. So you spend every minute of your day having your best time. <laughs> all right. Well, that's John of all traits first. Good times. <laughs> Uh, kind of a same deal for me. I remember I was really dissatisfied with corporate radio. I'm like, they don't play what I want to hear. Right. So I want to create a show that I would like to listen to. And so I did that. The problem is I was on during it. So I used to record it and actually listen to it in my car, which is, I think, the height of narcissism. Yeah, that's pretty. But uh, <laughs> whatever, man. It was fun. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I. it's funny, though, because it was Friday nights and. I would always be like at a pre-party right. listening to your show, and uh, you were like the the kickoff into the into the Good Friday nights. That's awesome, man. And I have talked about this, but me and Casey used to drink in that studio, which is nice. why we always like that's why the the show had such a vibe because yeah. we crank the monitor way up and we just yeah. jam out in there. Casey had this huge, if you remember, this big like green suitcase that was filled with CDs. Yeah. Like, back then, you didn't have all your music on just a rectangle. Right. Right. You had to tote all this stuff. So it was this big green suitcase, which was a perfect mule for smuggling beers. Nice. We almost got caught a few times. Um, I remember one time someone walked in on you eating a sandwich on air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that definitely happened. Yeah. Like no food or drink in the studio, but <laughs> whatever, man. Um, and it's it's funny because like we took it in different directions. Like I'm still passionate about music. And one of the things that really bothers me is when people get old and they're like, man, there's no good music anymore. And you go, are you out of your mind? Yeah. There is more good music now than at any point in history, right. because not only is great music still getting produced right all the time. Absolutely. There's all the music that's come before it that you probably haven't discovered yet. Right. So, well, and more anyone, can post music and right. have it be discovered. That's never, that never happened before. No, there's you know, you much lower to, barrier standard. Yeah. So that's, that's it. And realistically, like someone can sit in front of a computer for a month and now be in control of every instrument on the planet. Right. Right. How long does it take to learn the guitar? Yeah. You know what I mean? How long does it, and, and that's one of the easier ones, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, and then you're limited to that one instrument. Where in today's world, you have control of everything, which is really, really, really neat. And, and just to kind of finish, the, the, the radio station did give access to free concert tickets. Yeah. So uh, to be able to travel all over Colorado and get all of these free shows was, you know, everything I wanted. Totally. And, you know, fast forward, you know. Five years after graduation, when I went to my first music festival, I recognized a bunch of things. I recognized festivaling to be a hobby. Mm. Like, it's something that the more of it you do, the better you get at it, and the more fun you have while doing it. Interesting. But we never had etiquette that's passed down from veteran to first-timer or gear. Mm. You know, imagine imagine a ski resort where there's no etiquette or gear, where right. pe people just bring what they have. And, you know, I, I recognized it as a hobby, and because of my, my KCSU days... I was able to – I was like, there's got to be a way to do this to get right. those free tickets. Well, yeah, and to yeah to do it better. But before we get well, there, one thing I'm interested in because – so 06, you graduated. Yeah. It was right. like two, three years later, we ran into each other of all places. This is a, great. At, at a San Diego Padres game. Yes. In San Diego. Yes, where we both happened to be for the weekend. That's right, yeah. So I was, And he, you sat two rows in front of me. Yeah, and so I didn't recognize you at first. You had your Rockies hat on. I'm like, cool, another Rockies fan in the section. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's Tucker. Holy crap. We're like, <laughs> we're like two states away from each other. I didn't realize it, but you had moved to LA. Yeah. And you were working a corporate gig. Uh, yeah. So what, what I'm curious about is when you graduated college, you obviously didn't go right into festivaling as a hobby. No. How did you end up getting that corporate gig? And like, was that what you wanted? Yeah. Well, uh, I moved to Los Angeles uh, with a girl. And I needed a job and my degree in college was restaurant resort management. And, okay. you know, it's so funny to look back on, you know, at 17, is that right? Yeah. And I must have been at 18 years old, you go through orientation mm -hmm. and you, you know, they put you in these little groups and they're like, okay, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I'm like, what? That's, that's what we're going over. I have no, I have no idea. They're like, well, what do you like to do? I'm like fishing golf. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you should major in restaurant resort management. I'm like, Okay. Neat. <laughs> so by, by, by senior year, I'm like, what, what am I doing? I am, have 
wasted these four years. Like, get me out of here. I'm just ready to be done with college. And, you know, I'm not going to be in that industry. So I, I graduated and I found a job on Craigslist hmm. where it was a sales job that had a solid, you know, hourly rate and then commission. Yeah. And I went in for this interview and it was like this little office and I was going to be like sales rep number eight. <laughs> and, but it was in incoming leads and, the commission was legit. Like yeah. I looked at it and I was like, okay, like if this works, this is going to be great. And it, and it ended up being a total godsend. Like the, it was a fun time to be in the industry. We had a, a unique product. This was like digital conferencing, right? It was, yeah. It was like, it was like Skype, but with no downloads. So right. you would literally Google video conferencing. It would say live demo on our, on our website at mega meeting. And you'd type in your info and then I would pop on your screen and be like, Hey, welcome to mega meeting. And this is 2006. Like this is blowing yeah, people's no, that's minds. Wild. And, um, I really loved it. The, it paid well. And I, uh, the company paid its employees 20 minutes every day to read like sales and business development books. Hmm. You know, basically they said like, find something you love and do it, do it for 10,000 hours. You'll be an expert. Uh, sure. successful businesses recognize a niche and solve a problem for that community. And these were the things like, that, you know, looking back on that helped me recognize festivaling as this hobby and as this, as this way of life. Well, it's a very like entrepreneurial kind of culture. And a lot of companies will say that not everyone practices that. Right. A lot of them will be like, we'd like you to be very entrepreneurial here. It's like, well, here's a new way of doing it. It's like, no, don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. Right. And you go, well, what are we even talking about here then? Yeah. And what was crazy is as a result of running into you in San Diego, I was working at the PR firm at the time. And I ended up hiring you yeah. to do video conferencing. And so we had this like digital press conference we wanted to do. The problem was the media didn't fully get it, you know, because it was like 2008, yeah. 2009, something like that. And uh, so we did it. We had some media attendees, but most of them were like, what am I doing? Like, this is through the computer. What? Like, right. And you go, okay, well, right. get out of here. Yep. The thing was, though, the technology worked flawlessly. And and you guys did such a bang up job. So when I found out that you had left that, you did like this video. I remember it was in like the backyard of your house. Yeah, it was like the first video, right? Yeah. Am I remembering yeah. this correctly? Yeah. And I remember one of the things that struck me that terrified me because I like at the time I was especially risk averse. Was you told me you had cashed in your four hundred one k? Oh yeah, and you were just packing up your car and you were going to all these festivals. Yep. And weren't you doing like hoodies or something at the yep. time? Yeah, I too? sold I sold spirit hoods. Wow. Yep. Was yep. that like an affiliate program or like how did uh, that work? If, if hindsight, I wish I would have done an affiliate program. Mm. Uh, I could have just carried around all of these business cards and then just slang those. Yeah. But I was like, you know, give me, I'm going to buy inventory and take <laughs> them on tour because the margins are better. And it's like, you know, I've, I've definitely learned a lot of lessons the, the sure. hard way. But yeah, you know, it, it's, it's what got me out there. You know, every festival I went to... Well, wait a minute. Yeah. Before we do that... Yeah, yeah. How, like, ultimately, <laughs> why did you leave that corporate gig? Like, because you're making good money. You owned your own home. I did. Uh, and, you know, you, um, you well, seem to be getting was, some level I, of satisfaction from it. I was, but I was so excited about this new project okay. that I couldn't focus. My numbers at work started coming down. Gotcha. Like, I, I couldn't do both. I was either going to go to festivals and make that my thing... Mm -hmm. Or I was just gonna have to, to stop because, like, gotcha. I, I, it's like I I found something that that I was so passionate about that it's like like I couldn't sleep at night mm -hmm. because I was so excited about it, you know. Yeah. And then like going back to work, it was just it was just it just wasn't for me anymore. You were playing out the string essentially to use a baseball metaphor. Like, yeah, you're 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 on a losing team at the end of the season. Yep. You're playing out the string, just sort of grinding out at bats. Right? right, exactly. And you're like, this is no way to live. But the thing that's amazing to me is. People will live that way for years, for decades, right. without ever making the leap. Right. What's so interesting is once you've taken the leap and, and you're doing something that you're passionate about, the people you meet, like the quality humans that you meet on the other side, Oh yeah. it's like, it's unreal. So then it's super addicting because you just keep meeting all of these people that you're just so excited to be friends with yeah. because... You know, LA was hard. I couldn't really find my, my people. And then I w went to festivals and it was like a festival for me was a gathering of all of the other people whose hobby was packing their car full of their favorite friends and going to see live music. Wow. And seeing, seeing my favorite artist outside. And, and I mean, 
everything that a festival was, I loved and I was good at it. You know, it just, fit, <laughs> it just fit me. And, and uh, I saw this opportunity and being able to, to like truly connect with these people. And, and it, it's kind of like I went from living in LA and having a handful of friends that like, I, I was just excited that they would like hang out with me mm-hmm. to like meeting all of these people that, that were, were living their truth and were complete humans right. that I was, was honored to be friends with. You know, that was, that was the start in every festival. I, 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 so I, I ended up starting my website, the festival And was this after the spirit hoodie thing? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm curious about this. Like, how did you sustain yourself? Obviously at some point the 401k ran out, right? Oh yeah. And, um, well I, I rented my house out and I made $800, $800 a month over mortgage okay. to rent it out. And I found that I could live off of that. I could live off a month um, on 800 bucks. Yeah. That's, that's lower got, than I was making in grad school, dude. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I really went for it. I, I filed <laughs> bankruptcy. So there goes all of your, there goes all of your debt, you know? So that, that was great. Besides student loans. Damn you. Um, Still so, got so those? This, oh yeah. Yeah. So is my wife. I mean, I took student loans out for spring break. Like <laughs> hell yeah. I would do it again. I mean, that was like life is too short to not take $3,500 a month out from the government to go party in South Padre, Texas with all of your friends. Okay. But so that was my thing. Like, uh, was, was every festival I seemed to, to learn more about it and, and get closer to this, this thing that I believed in, you know, yeah. like that's what kept me going was, was to be able to do something that I really believed in. Do you, uh, were you met with skepticism? Like how did your parents react to this? Um, and, and how did others who like you were friends with in LA, people who heard about it, were they supportive? Were they skeptical? Were they afraid for you? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of my, you know, my parents went from having the son who like a year out of school, you know, made more money than they did. Right. Uh, and you know, bought a house in LA at 24 to now I've kind of gone rogue <laughs> and, uh, I'm going festival to festival and, and it, it was hard to explain what I was doing because I wasn't exactly sure. Right. I knew, you know, it was, it was all a bunch of milestones for me. So it's like I, w- once I had started my website and, and I'd been to enough, well, oh my gosh, I could get free festival tickets. <laughs> okay. Well, that was proof of concept. Sure. So I, I rode that train for a while, you know, and I was really happy about that. But yeah. then when you go to a bunch of, when, when you're media, well, you're, you're backstage mm-hmm. and all of the other like festival blogs have different people in different parts of the country. So you never see the same people. Oh, interesting. Okay. You see me, right? Yeah, right? So I started becoming friends with artists. And when you're friends with artists, they introduce you to the other artists. So now I'm, I'm able to learn their lifestyle and, and really connect with them. And, you know, every festival I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. And, you know, it's kind of like I was in this, I don't really describe it. It's kind of like I was in a, in a cave and you only have the flashlight to see a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. but it's like, it starts to, I start to see the complete picture yeah. and that, and that was recognizing festivaling as a, as a, as a lifestyle and as a hobby. And that, uh, it's something that the more of it you do, the better you get at it. And, um, there'd never been any, any tools or information provided to, you know, festival goers before they get there. So I, you know, that's how I ended up writing books. Wow. Um, I've, I have two, I've published two books now, uh, the festival throwers Bible, which was a book from people that go to people that put on the events Interesting. to give them all the little things that we want to do that we need to, to want to come back every year. Right. And then, uh, the most recent one, which is the festival goers guide, which is a for festival goers. It's like start to finish everything you could possibly need to know. So you're just prepared to spend every minute of your day having the best time. I got you. So this is one thing that, that I've learned. I've done a lot of different things in my career and anytime you sort of identify a passion and something that you love to do and you turn it into a job, Mm -hmm. it's easy to unfun it or to resent it. Right. Um, you love going to festivals. All of a sudden, you're backstage. Mm-hmm. You're gathering info. You're talking with people. You're networking. You're gathering fodder for books. Yeah. You, all of that happens while everyone else is having a good time. Huh. Is that ever tough to manage for no. you? No. Not even close. Really? It just gets more fun. Uh, I mean... <laughs> tell me more about that. Yeah. So, so you know, starting out my first year in 2011, I, I was general admission. I, I cashed in my 401k and bought festival tickets. And, you know, this was this new, exciting thing. Every festival is different. Mm -hmm. And the thing about these festivals is 
I just can't undersell how much fun they are, mm-hmm. you know, especially once you know what you're doing. You know, my first year, there was, there were all these frustrations. You know, your tent turns into an oven. Right. Um, you lose your friends. And, and that's like, when it's your first year of festivals, that's like bone crushingly sad. Right. You know, it's like you feel so lonely, even though you're surrounded by all these people. And your phone dies, right? You're right. You know, you, you lose, I still lose things all the time, but now I know to put my name on them. Yeah. And they, if, if you're, if you put your name on something, there's like a 90% chance it ends up in the lost and found. So oh, I nice. put my name right. on everything. <laughs> um, and you know, so, so that was my first year. Well, my second year, I, I now I'm onto this idea and uh, I volunteer at festivals for free tickets because I, my website doesn't have enough traffic at the time in 2012. And volunteering was interesting because you're like, you're on the other side of the fence a little bit. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, I was, leading the information booth or um, greeting cars as they came in. Sure. And it's fun because they you end up in these little groups of like four or six and you really get to know these people, yeah. which which is great. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very outgoing and love meeting new people. Like I really feed off it. So, so that's great. Well, now it's 2013. I can get media passes anywhere. Yeah. So now uh, this is new and exciting, right? And, you know, you start seeing the same faces in different places. So it's like a reunion of, you know, your friends, but your friends that live all over the country, but you right. all gather around these these festivals. And, you know, fast forward to today, and I know more people at any given festival than I think anyone else there. Wow. Uh, I Yeah, I, you know, I'm friends with my favorite artists, which I'm still just a fan. Right. I think this is very cool. I get to have a say and, and a voice, you know, at, at festivals, if I'm walking around and, you know, I, can we curse on here? Oh yeah. Oh, cool. It's the internet. Uh, if, if, well, I don't know. You know, if I see the fuck you light, which a fuck you light is a light that is backstage somewhere, but it's shining into the crowd, mm. I can get it turned off. <laughs> and I think that's like really cool. That's nice. And now I speak at festivals too. So uh, at Electric Forest uh, in Michigan in June, uh, like the the festival with, with I believe like the strongest voice in 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 our scene, I led talks on how to be a fest pro. So I I led talks. Uh, it was Thursday. Uh, the festival was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and my talk was Thursday at noon before the gates opened. So the only thing you could do was come come see my speech, nice. and I would teach people the right ways to be a fest pro and contribute to the festival around you. Because the festival, like when you boil it down, it's not the artists, it's not the stages or the lasers, it's us, the people. Right. And if we all look out for each other and, and do our part to create the experience, it's going to be better for all of us. Well, and I obviously want people to buy your book, but without stepping on it no, too much, please. what are some of the best ways to be a fest pro? Oh, yeah. man. First off, you know, being, being prepared for the festival. It's so, so, so important because like if, if you have a tent that is in the sun and is, isn't shaded or, is, you know, you, you don't do any of the things to, to make it right. Mm-hmm. It's common at festivals to, to be up until the sun comes up. There's just sure. a lot of fun stuff to do. And, and there's a lot of, you know, most, my, my favorite festivals have music going all night. Like, awesome. Mm-hmm. So you get back to camp and, you know, it, let's say it's me and you and we come walking back to our campsite and we're like, dude, that was awesome. Like, see you tomorrow. Well, I go to my tent, which is reflective, made by Outback Logic. So it mm-hmm. keeps the sun out. And uh, I have my double high air mattress and so a, a fold out solar panel on top, which has already been charging uh, one of my two batteries. So I take the one out and I plug my phone in nice. and I take the other one and I plug it in. Well, now I set an alarm on my phone for, let's say it's eight in the morning. I set it for two to make sure I even get up. Right. You. <laughs> right. You don't know what you're doing. The noob. So you are now going to bed at 8. The sun's already on your tent, so you're like trying to get... You're out of your tent at 9. Yeah, yeah. Okay? The, the, you don't want to be up. You're exhausted. Uh, by the time I get up and get our day starting, I'm like, all right, you know, let's go do this. You're like, oh, my phone's dead. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to go... They have places you can charge, but now sure. you're going to go sit there for 45 minutes and wait for your stupid phone to charge. Right. Well, I spent that whole time having fun. Right. Well, then we go through the day and the next day it happens again. And now you're doubly exhausted. And it's like, if you are not ready to 
you know, take care of yourself and, and you, you just don't have as much fun. You're, you're going to miss out on certain yeah. aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I'm curious, Tucker, because I haven't gone to a music festival in years. Like I have kids and, you know, I don't particularly have like this is not my scene, right? Well, it's it's not really my scene. But far be it for me to deny anyone else who, you know, sure. to go have a good time and optimize their experience. My question is, how many people are there that are going to like multiple festivals a year that that are going to benefit for this? And is that sort of a ceiling for you in terms of this business model? No. The last statistics that came came out uh, were uh, a couple years ago, I think Eventbrite put statistics out mm-hmm. that said uh, 32 million people go to a festival a year. Okay. Uh, 10 million go to multiple. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. – yeah, that's substantial. Yeah. Now, the hardcore festival goers are like, <laughs> I mean, six and more. But then you have – I have friends that go to 15, many, 15 festivals a year. How many have you gone to this year so far? Um, so we're recording this in July. It, yeah, so we're recording this in July. I've done nine festivals. Jeez, okay. Yeah. And how long do they range? Like two days, five um, days? Well, South by Southwest was a week. Okay. Burning Man's going to be a week in, in August. So excited! We're getting close <laughs> enough to actually let myself get excited. Mo- the average festival is three and a half okay. days. <laughs> I was in Reno once for work, <laughs> and uh, it was right during Burning Man, and there were signs posted on all the car washes there yeah. that said, "If you rent a car, or right. no, it was at the car washes and it was at the rental car places. If you rent a car from us and you take it out to Burning Man." you're not going to be able to get the dust off of it. Right. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. And there's like huge fines and penalties yeah. like from the rental car companies for that. It's is, a couple is, hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs> is that type of thing in your uh, Festival Goers Guide? No. Burning it... Man's not a festival. Okay. Burning Man's a city. Okay, gotcha. Thrown by... It's like Burning Man is... It's like we sent all of our... The world's most fun and interesting humans <laughs> to the moon for a week to see if we can colonize it. <laughs> okay. We can, and it's really, really great. Interesting. Yeah. You know, a festival is a place where you're like, here's my money, do everything for me, and, you know, they put up the stages, they book the music, they tell you where to do everything. Burning Man, you're like, here's my money, get out of the way, (laughs) right? So 70,000 of us get there. They do tell us where to camp. You know, we we apply, and there's, there's different departments, you know, like... Uh, there's a DMV that says, you know, who can, you have to be approved to drive an art car and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and they tell you where to camp, but each camp creates, you know, what they say they're going to create on their plot of land and everyone has addresses. Wow. Yeah. And there, there's no money. So there's no, you can't buy anything. It's center camp. You can buy coffee, you know, and like, a, like, like drinks. That's, that's fine. Right. Sure. But, um, Everything else is just completely free because one of our principles is it's a giving community. So my camp is called Ego Trip. Hmm. Uh, we're at 915 in Esplanade this year. So the Esplanade's the inner circle. Okay. And then it go- and uh, the addresses go like the, the man is the center of the clock. And then you'd have like 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah, sure. And then it goes in rings, A, B, C, D, right? So I could tell you I'm at 9 and G. Oh, yeah, okay. So now you know where to go look for me, right? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, in 2012, my friends and I started Ego Trip, and it is a great place to uh, watch some just incredible music. It's kind of like house party vibes, but uh, we've had major artists like Grizz and Tycho and the Funk Hunters uh, play. Nice. And, you know, you, you, you bring your cup because everyone brings their cup everywhere because that's why there's no trash. And, you know, the alcohol is free. And, you know, we check your ID because technically we are still in the state of Nevada. Right. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, and then, you know, you come to our parties. Well, our neighbors are creme brulee camp. From yeah. 2 to 3 in the afternoon, I go over there and you get creme brulee. <laughs> the next neighbor's massage camp. The next neighbor's TED Talks. We have 70,000 neighbors. Jeez. So it's everyone contributing their little bit and enjoying everyone else's bits. Wow. And that's what Burning Man is. That sounds wild. Yeah. I I mean... You could see where there'd be a common misconception uh, about that being a festival. Sure, of course. You just, you know, yep. having never gone to Burning yeah, Man. Yeah. But that sounds uh, wholly unique. Oh, uh, it is. it is. This is going to be my eighth year. Your eighth one? Yeah. Wow. Are, and are they all different from each other? No. Or? I mean, it, every, every day at Burning Man offers its own, like, actual adventure. 
Okay. You know, you never know where your day is going to go. And that's what's so beautiful about it. You know, yeah. you, you, at any moment you could run into someone from college sure, or yeah. have one conversation with someone and now they become your new best friend and you're going to spend the whole rest of the week with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never know. And you know, the, the creativity and the art and the silliness, like the place really makes you believe that we're actually going to be able to get through all this nonsense that we are putting ourselves through as a planet. <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Yeah. Are there any festivals you haven't hit yet? Yep. Um, there's, there's some that like, uh, you know, there's a handful on Memorial day weekend, like summer camp and which is in Illinois and movement, which is in Detroit that like, I won't go to because lightning in a bottle is my home festival in California. And it's, I love it so much gotcha. and like it's such a reunion that I, don't, I just can't imagine missing it. And then there's festivals during Burning Man that so re- basically regardless get, because you, I'm like, no, it's, I would say no, irrelevant because right. I'm like, you threw your festival during Burning Man. Like I, I'm clearly not. So basically go. you get conflicted out essentially. Sure. That yeah. That's that's what's limiting here. Yeah. Okay. And, so. and these are the ones I, I would really want to. Sure. You know, there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a whole there's 800 festivals in the states. I've, <laughs> right. Like, I've been to the vast majority of the ones I want to, and then you know I have the ones that I go back to every year just because I'm like obsessed. Sure. When you're not doing festivals, since presumably you have no current present just home permanent address, is that right or do you? No, that's no? true. Four years strong. Wow. Like during your downtime when you're not at a festival, and since you have no permanent home address. Yeah. Where are you? Like, what are you doing? Are you in transit sort of yep. between like all over the country? Yeah, definitely in transit between festivals. What I've been really trying to do is create tools festival goers need and try to find a way to make it sustainable. That's, that's the part I'm still working on. Yeah. But, uh, right. Writing these books was, I mean, those were massive projects that take, take a long, long time. Well, and the, the launch of the app. And right. I remember there was like a, a TV pilot too, yep. which I think I, I kicked you a few shekels for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you know, exactly. Like I've, I, I did a travel show for, um, a, a while I've done, I mean, I'm always working on something, right? you know, and, and trying to find this thing that's going to allow me to use this experience that I've built and, uh, contribute to the community, but also like being sustainable for myself. Sure. Yeah. So when you say you're not sustainable yet, I, I mean, are you strapped for cash like oh, all the time? Forever. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I live like a rock star on like no money. Okay. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's something I, I got a little too good at, I think. Okay. Um, because it's like, you know, especially like, you know, I haven't paid for a festival ticket since, uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. And, uh, traveling around is, is cheap when it's by car and just, you know, and then you don't have rent. So yeah. that, that takes that out of the equation. Right. You've got your student loan payments, right? I mean, right. And what your cell, cell phone? phone. Yeah. Yeah. Is that pretty much the overhead? And, yeah. And, and then your car, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's something that like, I love, you know, and, and I'm constantly surrounded by just these incredible and inspiring people. And I just keep, having these opportunities, like, you know, I, uh, one of my, one of my good friends, one of my, uh, first friends in Los Angeles is my buddy Dale. He's an incredible singer. When I met him, he played, uh, Jake Belushi in the Blues Brothers show at Universal Studios. <laughs> nice. Okay. Right. Then he's in a soul band called Soul Scratch who are actually like incredible through festivals in 2013. I met Grizz, who's this like super successful, you know, D- DJ producer who plays saxophone and spreads this awesome message called uh, "Show Love, Spread Love." It truly just awesome to see what he's created. I'm in town uh, in Denver because he just played Red Rocks two days, right? Sold right. it out both days. In 2016, I went on tour with him, and I was in charge of his ambassador team called the Liberators. And then I got to have a booth for my company Festivo. On tour, I would when I had Grizz in the car, I would play Soul Scratch for Grizz. Mm-hmm. Well, Grizz made my buddy Dale one of the main singers for Grizz Live. Nice. So that's pretty wild. That's a great connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, Dale just played Red Rocks. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just totally. head, headlined Electric Forest and played in front of 40,000 people. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's my buddy and, you know, now I'm managing him. We have a new project coming up called Spoils, which I'm so excited about. Mm-hmm. It's just because I've, I've been in this long enough to 
have earned my stripes. Sure. You know what I mean? So, so that's, that's an example of a project that if I was doing my grind and trying to do the, do the festival thing on the week, like we wouldn't be here. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, Tucker, and this is one thing I like about you because I have a very similar sort of philosophy. There are people who view the world very transactionally. Hmm. If I do this, I'll get this. Or if I do this for you, you will then owe me this. I don't look at the world that way. Just, help people as much as you can right. connect people event like put good out into the world right. and it will come back to you. Right. Like just do it because it's the right thing. Do it because you're helping someone else. And, and hearing you describe that, the fact that you haven't made this sustainable yet, I think doing the long view of this while challenging, I think ultimately, and my hope, my sincere hope is that it pays off for you long term. Right. And Absolutely. my suspicion is it will, because in addition to having this sort of boundless enthusiasm for this, you seem to have uh, a tireless work ethic as yeah. well. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly it. Uh, I take so much pride in this community, and you know, every year it is getting better. Festivals are getting cleaner. Like people are learning that you know, it feels really good to know I've contributed in any way yeah. to that. Because that's you know, a big it, thing it, for you too, right? Like cleanliness. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because, I mean, how much trash is generated at a festival? So much. Well, it's it's really how much trash is generated everywhere. Well, sure. But it just shows it to you in one place at festivals, <laughs> right. right? Because, yeah, it's like it's this contained little ecosystem exactly. for three and a half days. Yep, right? exactly. Okay. You know, to, to go through festivals and, and when I started doing the festival guy thing, like I would have people, people recognize me like, oh, hey, it's festival guy. I'm like, hey. But now it's like you're the festival guy. Like, I thank you. Like, I, I see what you're doing. Like we're, you know, it's working. I use this thing you told me in a, in an Instagram video to help me have a better festival. Or I came to your talk or so I read your book. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? And, and now it's like, I'm having these heart to hearts <laughs> across the festival, which is, I love it. It's yeah. really, it's, it fulfilling because I've just put so much into this mm-hmm. like I've, my entire life has has been devoted to this yeah you know i i i this is all this is everything i am is this vision and and trying to help this community does it ever burn you out do you ever get lonely because this itinerant lifestyle yeah you know you say you know people at every festival yeah and multi, you know almost probably every major city across the country oh, right yeah Actually, on Grizz's tour, I, I wasn't on the tour bus, so my assistant and I had to find a place to stay uh, every, every day of every every city, which was there was 35 of them. Jeez. I had personal friends in 32. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, Houston, or I don't know where the other one was, but I'm like, <laughs> how do I... You know? Some third outlier? Yeah. That's funny. But, I, I mean, given that you know people in every city, but... I mean, they're like, they're friends for like a time, you know? I mean, they'll always be friends, yeah. but you only see them for a time. Does it ever burn you out? Do you ever get lonely well, doing but this? No, but no, but the, not. How many times a year, your friend's in Denver. Mm-hmm. How many, in 52 weeks, how many times do you see your friends here in Denver? Mm, that's a fair point. Uh, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could quantify it, but most of them, not as much as I would like. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I'm going to 20 festivals a year... Right. And my friends are the artists, you know, it, I, I have tons of festival goer friends. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong there. Yeah. But, you know, there is this traveling community of vendors that go to all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the tour managers and the artists and, you know, people in production that are freelance that end up at all of them. So there actually is this community oh, interesting. That, okay. that does what I do, but they do it in their own way. You know what I mean? They're playing the festival. They're they're curating it or or what have you. So uh, I am around these same people very often. That's interesting. Yeah, and I suppose you know, not being in this community, you understand where that question comes from. And I'm of guessing course. you get it a lot. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now at the same time, it's not very good for the dating life when you don't live <laughs> anywhere. And I don't know where I'm going after Denver. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm. I don't have anywhere I have to be until. Two and a half weeks from now, I'm going to a wedding in British Columbia. Okay. <laughs> but between now and then... No, you have no idea. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That I think that sort of... That level of the unknown is uh, a Rubicon that too many people are... Un- not too many, but a lot of people are unwilling to cross. Right. You know? Right. But in that sort of uncertainty, do you thrive in that? Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you're getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Right? You know well, what I mean? Hopefully. I mean, that's the idea <laughs> is... You know, if, if you're working a job, you should be getting better at that job. Right. Right. Well, 
what I'm really good at is one-on-one conversations with people because mm. I've literally had I'm I'm always surrounded by all of these people. Right. Yeah. So it, it you know it's it's something that that I I love meeting new people. It's like when I'm traveling, you know, I'm staying with friends, but you know I'm I'm connecting with their friends and meeting their roommates and right. you know it's it's I'm never like alone. It's just the people around me are always different. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah. Let's say you get to a place that you want to be at the yeah. ultimate sort of success for, for Festivo, for the festival guy, for yeah. the festival goers guide. What does that success look like and how does your life change as a result of that? Yeah. Success for, for that is, is yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer right now. Festivo is down at the moment. Oh really? Yeah. I, we, we did our big launch. I literally sold my house to fund the rest of it. Oh, jeez! And uh, it it didn't take the way I needed it to. Mm. And uh, you didn't get the, the number of downloads, or yeah, just all of all, I didn't. It, it didn't. It didn't get that viral sense of of it needed the community to yeah to be a part of it. So it did. It, so essentially, it didn't do what it needed to do. And before yeah. we got on mic, you said living this lifestyle, the highs are very very high. Yeah, and insanely high right but the lows i mean you're at the bottom of the deep blue sea right right is right. this the one high, of, is the, this one of the bigger lows that you oh think? yeah this is this is this is this is rough because it's like a, and, and the real downside is like so we haven't really gone into it but festivo is an app it started as an app that lets you listen to every artist on every festival lineup wow and it took four years but it works you know and it, it literally lets you listen to every artist in every lineup we even had past year's lineup so it's kind of like the imdb at festivals I made the mistake of make of making it too complicated because mm-hmm. the revenue stream that was going to be built around it was a membership platform where you earn points for being a festival goer. Maybe, you know, you get discounts from brands or you rank artists. You use your points to enter into raffles, mm-hmm. and and it didn't get conveyed the way it needed to, so it didn't take. And then I ran out of money, gotcha. and it's a bummer because uh, the app isn't up right now, and I miss it. Yeah, you know, I miss having the answer to. What festival did I see that artist at? Sure. That doesn't exist anywhere besides Festivo. Mm-hmm. But my my angle now is uh, I'm starting a new thing that I'm very excited about. It's called the House of Fest. It is a touring after party outside of music festivals. So we do this at Coachella. After Coachella, people, mainly music industry people or et cetera, go to these larger-than-life after parties held at mega mansions brought to you by the brands. Wow. And we party all night and it's just like it's a great place to meet new people and i have am working with a few friends and we're starting this except it's gonna be at festivals that aren't coachella and our first one's uh september 21st and 22nd outside of life is beautiful festival in vegas and i'm very excited about it like i was working on the deck this morning before i came here and it's funny because all these years later the deck i love it the degree in restaurant resort management is coming back (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it all does. It's pretty wild that suddenly I'm like, okay, what success looks like for me now is to throw the coolest party you've ever been to mm. outside of a music festival once a month. That whole concept is such a win for me because that's what I want to do. I want to go to a festival, you know, these city festivals that aren't camping. Sure. I hate, I don't like the after parties you go to. They're always like, at a concert venue, and you already saw the band that day. <laughs> right. I just want to go to a mansion and party with a bunch of awesome humans. Sure. And um, to be able to curate that is that's that's my big excitement right now. It's uh, it's remarkable to me, Tucker, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> this the, again the tirelessness. Like, <laughs> so uh, Festivo doesn't do what you needed to do. Yeah. You mourn it for a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, I, it doesn't get you. And down it's for not long, dead. Right? I just. It's just I already know the conversations will not go the way I want them to as far as raising money. <laughs> right. So it's like, what what can I do like I to get back on the positive side of cash yeah, flow next? so I can keep funding it essentially. Yeah. But I mean, get up, dust yourself off, let's go, go to the next thing. Totally. Right? Well, it's yeah, it's you know I've I've met all of these people, I've learned all of these things. It's like what what can I turn it into? And in and by getting my ten thousand hours. Mm-hmm. It it allows me to recognize opportunities. Sure, Coachella has these after parties that are the coolest thing you've ever done in your life. You feel like a celebrity just mm-hmm. by getting by going. All of the other festivals don't have that. Why not? It's not like just <laughs> only only you know 
quote important people or whatever go to Coachella, they're definitely there. Sure. But they're at every festival. Interesting. And um yeah. <laughs> it's it's always fun and remarkable to me when you find someone who is doing exactly what they want to do. Yeah. Because the fact that you are not burned out on music festivals, because a well, lot of people, there's like a festival uh, yeah, hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this great moment uh, during during Electric Forest. Uh, it's two weekends, uh-huh. and in between, uh, we rented an Airbnb, and um, I'm at I, I go to the place, and the property manager. I was I was talking to the property manager, and it was right on Lake Michigan. I was like, okay, I'm a fisherman. Like, are there fishing rods I can use? And she's like, no, but my fifteen year my sixteen year old son is is going in fifteen minutes. Just go with him. I was like, perfect. Next thing I know, I'm I'm fishing with a sixteen year old, and we're going over like he's never been to Electric Forest, neither did his mom, and they've lived in they've lived in town, you know, their whole life. Sure, and I'm telling him all about Electric Forest, and you know, tell him about you know. I've done 137 festivals in in uh, seven years or whatever, and he's like, "Doesn't it get old?" And I look at him and I cast out and I start reeling. I'm like, "Does fishing?" <laughs> yeah. No, this is a hobby. You know, it it doesn't because you never know where your day is gonna go. Every day at a festival is totally different because it depends on who you're seeing and who you're with and who you're gonna run into. And no. Wow. All right. Well, just so we immediately date this, as we record this, we are headed into the all-star break. The all-star game is tonight, actually. Um, Give me your second half baseball predictions. Where do the Rockies end up? Mm. Um, And uh, who do you see in the series this year? Actually, this is this is this is fun. Uh, the only normal thing about my life is I am a re- I am a huge Colorado Rockies baseball fan. Yeah, like like a lot. And I'm one of my favorite things about you because that's one that's something that I love surprising people. Right. Like people are always surprised that I'm like this huge professional wrestling nut. Oh, and so your I, I identify with your lifestyle in that I've read so many wrestler biographies and they're on the road all the time. So they talk about this family and they yeah. like they're just going from city to city. Yeah. And, totally. You know, they're performing, so they're inside the building all the time. So it's it's sort of that musician thing where it's like been around the world, haven't seen a thing. So a year ago, May, mm-hmm. I, I I was accepted into this program called Unconventional Life. It's like through Forbes's Under Thirty podcast, where it's like thirty entrepreneurs and fifteen business uh, coaches in a castle in Italy for five days. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember you going to that. I sat. I, I I like this is my first like big international flight, and I'm so stoked. I'm like, oh, middle seat. Like I don't even care. I go over there, and I'm between these massive humans. Right. WWE wrestlers. Uh, Who? Ron Killings. Jesus. Okay. Our truth. Yeah. The truth. And Justin, he's like this massive bald white dude. Okay. Um, Jeremy. Oh man, I follow him on Instagram. I can't believe I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll dub it in. But anyways, it was hilarious. Wow. We, we, we talked a lot and it was just like this very funny moment. Totally. A- anyways, yes, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And have you seen the, the Netflix show Glow? Of course. It was, I thought that was it's really good. It's spectacular. It was really good. So check that out. Um, okay. Baseball predictions. I love our team right now. Like we've finally weathered the storm. It feels like of, of underperforming. Yeah. Uh, veterans that we signed, Desmond and Cargo. Well, and underperforming at home too, because like they were under 500 forever at home, right. and it's like, no, this is Coors Field, like, right? No, this totally. is your house. Totally, I love our pitching staff, and I think they're just getting yeah. really started. Um, Hopefully, the bullpen comes around. All bullpen the way. is, I, I feel like there's too much talent in there to not. Yeah, but if, if Shaw figures it out and McGee gets consistent, they'll be yeah. fine. So I'm putting us at. I'm I, I'm very optimistic. I'm putting us at 92 wins. Jeez, okay, and a wild card spot. Okay, behind <sighs> L.A. or Arizona? Probably L.A. because I think they're getting Machado. Uh, uh, gross. I it really? I, oh yeah, I think that's they're they're in paperwork right now. Oh, gross! I know. Okay. Uh, of course they are. Yeah, but <laughs> World Series, huh? Um, yeah. Who who comes out of the NL? Who comes out of the AL? Man, that's hard. Cubs have the best record right now, but they're we're all within three games of each other. Yeah, it's I really mean, interesting, it's, and it's funny because like if there's ever like the Rockies actually have a shot this year because there is no like like 
whoever's going to win the World Series is going to be whoever wins the AL. Mm. Probably. I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the Red Sox and the Astros and the Yankees are the top three teams, and then there's a big drop to everybody else. Yeah, and the, the AL Central is real hot garbage right now. Right. I mean, like the, right. In, the Indians are the only ones who are above 500. Right. Everyone else is way below 500. Well, someone has to take losses in that entire conference. <laughs> um <laughs> It's crazy, literally. Like That's wild. In the yeah. So um, I'll say the Astros take it all again because mm. pitching wins, and they've got three of the best five starters, or three of the best probably ten starters in all of baseball in one in one rotation. Let's just go ahead and say they beat the Rockies because <laughs> I th- I, I, like why not, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be Boston actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris Sale mm-hmm. is having a, a year. Mookie Betts, unbelievable. Um, is, is getting on base forty five percent of the time. Yeah. Get out of here. No. Like that's otherworldly. Yeah. He's having a better season than Trout. Yeah. Which is which is doesn't insane. happen. Uh, and then I I think the Cubs in the uh, in yeah. the NL. If if the Nationals can get it together, maybe them. I, I, I think the, the Braves is. are going to collapse. Um, oh, I've been forgetting about the Braves. For for now, that's such a young team. Yeah, I I don't. That's why I don't think this is their year. Yeah, but so anyway, wanted to throw that in just because that's fun and that's one of those things. Like I love the unexpected, and yeah. I think that surprises the shit out of people, right? Yeah, music festival guy. Oh, yeah, actually, huge Rocky fan. So so in God, what year was it? It was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where Rockies are in the in the chase, you know? Yeah, I got married. And, yeah, uh, and they canceled Game Three uh, the night of my wedding because it was so cold. Wow. Yeah. So, way to persevere and <laughs> yeah. still get married. It was right in the middle of like the right this time of year. It's like trade deadlines coming, and a, a blog I follow, uh, Purple Row, which I absolutely yeah. love. I wake up to it every morning. And it's like great blog. Learn learn all about the pro team, but then the the you know minor leagues as well. Yeah, the farm so, system. Yeah. So on TV, I have the game. And then on my computer, I have the double A game because uh, Shashin, our top prospect, was 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 pitching. And everyone on everyone on Purple Rose talking about you know how great it would be if we got Roy Halladay, who was on the trade block. He's from Colorado, mm-hmm. like it makes sense, right? And so I'm watching the game, and after the first inning on my little double A game on my computer, which just shows balls and strikes, Shashin gets pulled from the game. <laughs> I'm like. Oh my God. I, I've never posted to Purple Row. I, I log on, I create an account and I, and I post, I'm like, Oh my God. Hey, uh, you know, long time reader, first time writer. Um, Shashin's been pulled from the, from the game. He's either hurt or we're getting holiday. The blog blows up. It gets 900 posts in an hour. Wow. Like, People are losing it. Well, the next day, uh, Troy Rink, the Rockies uh, writer at the time, he posts, like, Shashin's been called up to the majors. <laughs> Shout out to Purple Row for breaking the story. <laughs> nice. I broke the Rockies story from my couch in California. And then... <laughs> well done, sir. Pretty fun little Rockies moment for me. Yeah, dude. That's a good one. I I mean, you, you can't... That's, that's a tough one to rival. So... <laughs> Well done. All right. Well, this is the spot on the show when we do plugs. Tucker, plug anything you want. Cool. Uh, where can people find you online? Yeah. Anything at all. Uh, so I go by the festival guy. Find me on Instagram. Uh, that's my, that's my main one. Uh, Facebook and twi- Twitter as well. Uh, and check out the festival goers guide. It's a complete book on everything you could possibly need to know. So you can spend every minute of every day having your best festival. Uh, and you know, the more people read it, the better it's going to be for all of us. Cause it really just walks you through how to contribute to the festival around you because we are the festival. Uh, so check that out. And that's fantastic. Well, I wish you nothing but continued success. You are an absolute ray of sunshine into this world Thanks. and I hope you do great things. Yeah. And, and continue to do great to things you for continuing on with all of the radio stuff. Like that's, I'm so, so stoked on this. It comes full circle, my man. All right. Safe travels, Tucker. Yes. That brings episode 183 to a close with Tucker Gumber, better known as the Festival Guy. Check him out on Instagram, on Facebook. Purchase the Festival Goer's Guide wherever books are available. Best way is through Tucker. You can find all of this info on the companion blog piece at johnofalltrades.us. We're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can find episodes there. Just search John of All Trades, and as long as you're there, give us a rating, give us a review, hit that subscribe button. New episodes will come directly to you. 
Episode previews go up on Mondays. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. The previews are available Facebook only. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. That's also the handle for Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Check out my new Instagram series, Worst Coworker Ever. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. We have podcasting production capabilities, so if you're running a business and you want to start a podcast, Deft can help you do that. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E.E-S. If you're running a campaign online, if you're doing virtually anything online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Build a website, social media marketing, digital advertising, getting the right message in front of the right people so that moves the needle on your business. That is their specialty. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I'm back here next week with a brand new episode. Check out the preview on Monday on Facebook. Download it on Wednesday. And until I hear you back here again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. speak.